Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Investors might have heard of growth at a reasonable price, GARP. Essentially, it's a strategy that combines both value and growth investing when making decisions. But there's a view that with rates at record lows, a different principle has pervaded the market, quality at any price. I wanted to find out what this means and whether it's open investors to greater risk. Remember, of course, we're not an investment podcast and this information is general only. You should get professional advice, you certainly should, before making any investment decisions. Nicholas Bryan is Portfolio Manager of the Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund. Nicholas, welcome to Fear and Greed. G'day, thank you. Now, we're going to do a 101 here, if that's okay. So we're going to go through all these different terms. So we talk about growth and value investing. So kind of like a five second version of what growth investing is and what value investing, and then we're going to go into the growth at a reasonable price definition. Sure. So growth would be considered looking at companies who, due to industry dynamics or a particular product, can sustain growth over a long period of time. In terms of value, that determines whether or not a company can be seen as relative to market multiples or from a discounted cash flow perspective, whether it's cheap relative to those metrics. Okay. So like traditionally, tech stocks have always been thought of as growth stocks, for example, whereas some of the more cyclicals, maybe a media company or maybe a consumer discretionary company, depending on where it is in the cycle, are more value. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, typically, typically. Typically, yeah. Okay, so then growth at a reasonable price. Explain that. So I guess the underlying concept is that when you're looking at the future growth of a company, you want to be able to price that, you know, whether two years, three years or further into the future at a reasonable price such that the room for error when you're buying that security is sufficient. So... There's a concept called a peg ratio. Essentially what you're trying to do with with a ratio like that is to price the the short-term future growth. What we've seen over the past probably three or four years is that peg ratios might well have been one or lower. They've expanded dramatically in in some cases five times. Okay, so pegs, pegs, it's price over earnings to growth. Yeah, that's sort of a variable that you can use to assess whether it's growth at a reasonable price. Okay. And so then more recently, as you're saying, it's above one in some cases. Is that where you're starting to talk about growth at any price? Because people are just kind of buying without thinking about the fundamentals? It's probably not just over one. I mean, there's many examples of companies that grow really fast. Mm -hmm. And so maybe a high peg is justified. Mm -hmm. But I guess when you have very, very low interest rates, it's quite possible that the actual price that you're paying could be anything. So in the case of a traditional growth stock, it may have traded on 15 times EV EBITDA, but there are many examples in the market where they're trading on 40 times. And that's only appeared since we've had near zero rates. Stay with me, Nicholas. We'll be back in a minute. My guest today is Nicholas Bryan, Portfolio Manager of the Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund. Okay. Are there some examples you can provide us that may need to derate effectively? Yeah, sure. 
the one company that, that always comes to mind is uh, Cochlear. Obviously, it's a great product. It's, you know, very well-developed company. In many investors' eyes, it would be seen as a high-quality company over a range of uh, metrics. Where I'm sort of coming from is the perspective that the pricing multiple for a stock like that has grown to a level which I don't think justifies the future growth. Okay, so I'm, sorry, I'm interrupting you here for a moment, Nicholas. So we're putting all these pieces together as we go. So Cochlear, the healthcare company, which the, the Cochlear implants, very successful over many years, it's considered a growth stock being within the healthcare environment, which of course is priced somewhat, or future earnings are priced somewhat off interest rates, which are rising. Well, it should be. Well, yes. <laughs> in, in the sense that like with any uh, long duration asset, whether it's those highly priced growth stocks, you could even argue in property as well. When interest rates start to rise, those types of stocks should see some derating. We have seen that to some extent in a range of healthcare stocks, whether it's cochlear, resumes, probably another example of a highly priced, high quality name. Yep. And, you know, from our point of view, that is quality at any price. Is there ever an argument that quality at any price is okay? Well, clearly when interest rates are zero because that's when it yeah, appears. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't see it in my view. So some, some of the healthcare names need a de-rating. Yeah, I, I believe so. If you, if you look at you know, other markets, whether you're looking at the tech or high-growth consumer names, those too have de-rated, but certainly more materially than, than what we see uh, in Australia. Okay. There's sort of you know, a natural correlation between what stocks are going to perform in a rising bond yield environment versus those that should underperform on a relative basis. You know, in our world where we're long and short equities, we necessarily will bet against those relatively high valuations. What about, are there stocks out there that need re-rating that you're happy to go long in? Yes, for sure. In, in an environment where you've gone from a reflationary rebound mm-hmm. post-COVID to then moving through a energy crisis more recently via the Ukraine invasion, clearly energy space is an important space to be exposed to. The way that we've looked to get exposure in energy has been through both oil and gas, but also importantly, thermal coal. So the dynamic going on in thermal coal is quite an unusual historical precedent. Certainly my experience over the last 20 years or so, I've never seen anything anything that comes close to this. So, you know, if we refer back to what happened to iron ore prices post-COVID, the iron ore producers were printing lots of cash. Yep. And what that meant is that, you know, whether it was buybacks or special dividends, those cash flows were coming out of those companies to the order of, you know, 10 to 20%. In the case of thermal coal companies, it's quite possible that in a quarter, those sorts of cash flows are going to be seen. Hmm. So it's highly peculiar that these companies are moving into these super normal cash flows. So, yeah, that space um, we're positively disposed to. How long can it last, I suppose, is the $64,000 question. Yeah, that's true. 
in some way, you have to consider how long it takes for that Russian thermal coal supply to be displaced. Could it be over the next six months, the replacement cycle starts to accelerate? I find it difficult to take that view. And so we probably more of a medium term view on thermal coal prices being elevated. And it's simply because it's related to baseload electricity production. As the world reflates, the world needs baseload electricity. And so together with the lack of investment in that space, merely being, you know, if you look at, say, a Whitehaven coal, all that they're talking about is replacement capital. They're not looking at new mines. Obviously, that there's a political issue surrounding that. But similarly, if you if you're looking across the globe, there's limited supply coming on. Yeah. So it could well be the case that because of that lack of investment, the long-term dynamics of that market are here to stay for a lot longer. Now, I'm not saying the prices will stay at 400 plus, yep. but long-term averages, you know, 70, 80 will shift up. Nicholas, thank you for talking to Fear and Greed. Thank you. That was Nicholas Bryan, Portfolio Manager of the Atlantic Pacific Australian Equity Fund. This is a Fear and Greed daily interview. Remember, you should get professional advice before making any investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.